Welcome to Tech in the Right Direction, the podcast. Let's take tech in the right direction to drive social change and close the employment, pay, and culture gap for women in technology. This podcast is focused on helping turn ideas into action and create opportunities for women to advance in the dynamic technology industry. I hope this podcast will inspire and motivate you to encourage more women and girls to seek or grow a career as a woman in technology. Stories about the journey of amazing women in the tech field starts right now. This week in our Women in Tech segment, I will be talking with Jane Wiseman. Jane is an Innovations in American Government Fellow at the Ash Center for Democratic Governance and Innovation. She leads the Institute for Excellence in Government, a nonprofit consulting firm dedicated to improving government performance. She has served as an appointed official in government and as a financial advisor and consultant to government. She supports an effort to create a national network of urban chief data officers to accelerate the use of analytics in the local government. She has advised the U.S. cities funded by Bloomberg Philanthropies in their Mayor's Challenge competition. She has written on customer-centric government, data-driven decision-making in government, pre-trial justice, and 311 for a variety of audiences. Her prior consulting work has included organizational strategy, performance management, and e-government strategy work for Accenture and Pricewaterhouse. Selected clients include the National Governors Association, the United States Department of Veterans Affairs, the National Criminal Justice Association, the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, the United States Postal Service, the State of Michigan, the United States Department of Housing and Urban Development, and the United States Department of Commerce. Welcome to the show, Jane. I'm so excited to have you on our show. And I'm excited to be here. Thanks for including me. You're welcome. Um, so let's get started. Can you share with us a little bit about your career path in technology? You have such an impressive background and so much great experience. I'd love for the listeners to um, kind of go through that journey with you a little bit. Sure. Um, I guess, you know, in thinking about career path in technology, I can't say that there's any magic other than two things. One is be open to opportunity, and the other is work hard, and you'll mm-hmm. create opportunity. Um, so my specialty now is really in how data and technology can make government better, and that's where I spend my time on research and writing and consulting and training. Um, but I wouldn't have guessed at the start of my career that this is where I've land. And it's been a series of fortuitous turns that have been, you know, coming back to being open to opportunity and working hard enough to generate goodwill that has created more opportunities. Um, So my very first job out of college was an example of, of, being open to ideas. I was at a Christmas party and uh, family friends were all gathered to celebrate the holidays and 
as a college senior without a job, I didn't really want to answer the question. But one of my father's friends asked, you know, what are you going to do after graduation? And I sort of said, oh, I don't know. And he said, mm -hmm. this was this was back in the 80s before Wall Street was such a, um, uh, well, it was it was at the time a much a, a much more uncomplicated mm -hmm. uh, view that we all had of Wall Street. And um, he said, you know, if I were your age, I'd go to one of those Wall Street investment banks and have have them pay me lots of money while they trained me. And I thought, huh, it had never occurred to me until this friend of my dad recommended it, and I did. And it turns out it was a great way to get basic quantitative training for two years while meeting interesting people, having fun and getting a good paycheck. Mm -hmm. um, so then I went to graduate school for government, which was something I'd always wanted to do. And coming out of that again, I was at a loss for getting a job coming out, you know, graduating with a master's degree from Harvard. I thought it would be easier to get a job, but I graduated into a recession. And again, I was asking for help and someone at the Kennedy School career office said, why don't you talk to these people? And it got me started in management consulting. And so it was just being open to ideas from others that took me to a path of where I feel like every job since then has used the same skills, which is quantitative analysis, and logical storytelling to create compelling narratives that move government into a positive direction. I love that. Wow. Uh, being open to ideas and being open to trying new things is really such a such an important part of any career path because sometimes you don't know what you don't know and then and when you start uh, down a path, you may realize how much you love it, like, you know, basically what you did. So uh, did you always know that analytics and this storytelling was like a passion of yours? How did you, what was that spark? How, how did you find out that this is what I really love? So um, two things. One is I want to go back to what you said about um, being open Mm -hmm. You know, when honestly, when I took that first job in management consulting, I took it out of desperation after looking for work for six months and not being able to find anything, and I didn't mm -hmm. think I'd like it. So I think another bit of advice that I like to give people is you might surprise yourself with what you like. You know, I thought consulting, ugh, you know, just borrow people's watch to tell them what time it is and, you know, make recommendations that might sit on a shelf. And I didn't think I'd like it. And it turns out, you know, to answer your question, I realized once I tried it that I liked it. Mm -hmm. And working hard enough, I got to be reasonably good at it. So, um, you know, I think that is that was for me a good lesson in letting the letting the path unfold and in a surprisingly positive way that is great um so you know as a woman in technology um do you see that women have the same opportunities as men in a, in this industry well i think that they're really 
it's really hard to find industries where women get paid more than men and have more opportunity and have more fun and have more confidence and more everything. Um, but, you know, there's, there's been a lot of progress made in the decades that I've been in the workforce. Um, my first job out of college, the recruiters worked really hard to get to 50-50, and I was in the first analyst class at what was then called First Boston, now Credit Suisse. Um, I was the very first analyst class that was 50-50, male-female, and that was a big deal. I have mostly, though, worked in environments that are predominantly male, mm-hmm. strategy consulting, investment banking, um, even, you know, in government, I've done a lot of work in the law enforcement area, which is a male-dominated area. Um, and in a way, I feel like that's given me opportunity because sometimes when, you're, when we're small in number, we have to be stronger. And sometimes there are, frankly, benefits of being one of the few women that, uh, you know, I've had sometimes, I think, opportunities that I wouldn't have had if I were just another, just another one of the many, many uh, men in the room. I agree. I think, you know, having self-confidence, uh, having the skill, and then being open to ideas and working hard, as you said, really create those opportunities for women. And sometimes we're our own worst um, enemy, where we are in our heads saying, you can't do it, you're not qualified, you know, whatever those thoughts might be. So creating those opportunities for ourselves is also critical. Do you feel that that way as well? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. What You know, what's that I think it was Eleanor Roosevelt said something like, whether you believe you can or you can't, you're right. Mm-hmm. Very um, so true. I think it's important for us to really have the ability to believe in ourselves. And, um, you know, I will say I'm on the policy and uh, strategy side of technology. I'm not actually in the kind of hardcore building, you know, building software, building algorithms, mm-hmm. uh, building technology. I'm not on the engineering side of technology, and I can't speak to what it's like to be a woman in that part of the industry. And I imagine it's an awful lot harder. Yeah. Um, so I want to I want to not be glib, and I want to be respectful of you know the the commentaries that I read of women who have a difficult time in other parts of the industry. I want to honor that and um, and and really empathize. And uh, that just hasn't been, that hasn't been my path. But I think it's really great for our listeners and women, especially listening to this show, that they realize there's so much more to technology careers than being just a coder. Because a lot of times, girls, young girls are always thinking if they're going to be in technology, they have to be coding. And there's so many other careers within technology that are just so fascinating and uh, pretty lucrative in most cases that um, I think to see that there are other positions that you can excel in outside of the coding is very beneficial. 
Did you know that there is an increase in the number of women leaving the tech industry? As a woman-owned business, Directions Training has made it our mission and passion to change this statistic. That's why Jennifer created this podcast. We showcase insight from everyday women for everyday women in the tech industry. Do you know other people that would benefit from tuning in? Share the link and help us drive the advancement of women in the tech industry. Do you have a journey or know of someone that our listeners would benefit from hearing about? Reach out to us at directionstraining.com slash podcast. Don't forget to follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and wherever you find your podcasts. Now, back to the show. I certainly think it'd be great if there were more women in the side of the industry that I'm in, which is more policy, research, consulting, training, um, so... Let's bring women in in all aspects. Yes, and that's that's our goal. You know, one of the things that I'm very passionate about is uh, girls in in STEM education, and so we're always doing different programs and field trips to get girls, usually ages eight to thirteen, interested in actually um, understanding and being aware of what uh, the STEM fields are and um, and that's really helping. Hopefully it changes our pipeline so that our future numbers are not declining like they are now of women in technology. So working very hard to build that pipeline. And so I think all of us need to kind of think through that and bring women more into the fields that we are in. So we're lifting each other up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, one place where I've seen women really in uh, strong numbers is in city data analytics. Mm. Uh, there's been a certain amount, there's been a bit of turnover recently, but at one point of the half dozen leading city data analytics leaders, you had women in charge in Pittsburgh, Boston, Los Angeles, San Francisco, uh, and now also in uh, New Orleans. Um, so, uh, and recently named in New York City. So at the city level, a lot of the data leaders are women. That's great. That's great to hear. Now, as a woman yourself in technology, what are some of the challenges you've faced and what did you do to overcome them? Well, I think a challenge that everyone faces, uh, male or female, is just staying current. And it's hard to do because the volume and velocity of information coming at us nowadays is, is so much, uh, it's just a much higher volume than, uh, you know, even five, 10 years ago. And I think one of the best ways to stay current is to have a network and have people uh, to share ideas and information with. Yeah, it is very difficult to stay current and, you know, continuous learning is on all our agendas every day. Um, but to keep up with all those changes is just really, really difficult. So, yes, I, I can see why that's a challenge. And, um, you know, just by reading and learning and, and talking to people and staying in the industry, I think those are always um, to stay relevant and stay current. Um, you know, you talk about data, and I think about how how much data there is today 
in our world and that analytics, how critical it is. And finally, companies are now taking that uh, information and making really good educated decisions, um, everything from retail to obviously government, um, taking that data, analyzing it and coming up with some really strong relevant decisions. Tell me tell me a little bit about that. What are you seeing with all this data out there? Are, are, is the government and other entities using it to streamline processes? What, what are some of the things they're using the data for? Well, the way I see value in data is really threefold. First is governments finding ways to get a financial return on investment. Second, we're getting process efficiency improvements. And third, there are places where data and transparency and technology are actually improving public faith in government. And and that's very hard to measure, but very important because we're at all-time lows of uh, trust and confidence in our government. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So in terms of the financial return on investment, there are, um, you know, there have been two separate billion plus dollar takedowns of fraud at the U.S. Health and Human Services Inspector General's office. The chief data office there, uh, chief data officer there is, uh, by the way, female, uh, Carol Brismalkowitz. Mm-hmm. Um, she's doing a great job and get she gets a five dollar return for every dollar of cost for her agency uh, by taking out Medicare and Medicaid fraud. Um, so I think that's a great example of financial return. Mm-hmm. that government is finding. Uh, there are other examples, you know, in um, finding tax fraud, um, finding uh, fraud in uh, business uh, licenses. Um, so financial fraud, you know, financial return on investment is one thing that is a little bit easier to quantify. But efficiency gains, mm-hmm. there are many places where we're seeing, uh, you know, 20%, uh, sometimes 100% improvement in the efficiency of an operation through application of data analytics. Um, you know, probably the easiest example there is a couple years ago, the city of Chicago took on restaurant inspections and wanted to develop a predictive analytics algorithm to prioritize and get to the places that were most dangerous first. Mm-hmm. So they now get there seven days earlier to the places with uh, critical violations of sanitation code that could make you sick. And that was, that's been quantified as a 20% improvement in their productivity. Um, so, and then the third way we can measure the value of data and analytics in government is by increasing trust and confidence in the government. And, um, City of Kansas City, Missouri, was able to do that by by aggressively pushing out data on their snowplow efforts. Um, they didn't change what they did; they just improved the transparency, visibility, uh, and public awareness of what they were doing, and they were able to make a major increase in uh, citizen satisfaction with how their uh, city was handling snow removal. That is amazing. Thank you for those great examples. I think it just shows you the power of data and um, 
how it can help in multiple ways. So that's that's really, really great. Um, so, you know, as a woman in in technology, tell me how if you think that you have any advantages or what things that women bring to the table that um, give us a better understanding of technology or teams or leadership. You mentioned, you know, um, many of the an analytics uh, analysts that um, are in all the different cities are women, which is kind of neat to see. So what what advan what skills do they bring to the table that that's unique for a woman? So instead of giving you my answer, I'm going to quote a Boston area uh, uh, CEO of a firm mm -hmm. who talked about the value of a diverse board. So when he started bringing more women onto his board of directors, uh, they were able to deliver greater returns on shareholder value. Mm -hmm. So he said, why did profits go up at my company when we added women to the board of directors? He said, it's because men tend to come to the table with declarations and women come with questions. Mm. So what the way I connect that back to what I see in government is that I always say one of the most important qualities is curiosity, mm -hmm. right? We, you know, there are lots of people with technical capability, but you need to have technical capability as well as the curiosity and the creativity to pursue the why not kind of questions. You know, if we just keep doing everything the way we've always done it in the past, we're never going to make improvement. Making improvement and innovating is about asking, why do we do it this way? Could we do it differently? And having the confidence to question the status quo. And I think that's something that women can cultivate and that we should, frankly, try to uh, encourage. So I'll tell you, there's, there's so much possibility out there if we can really tap into this innovation and curiosity. Um, in government, McKinsey estimates there is a trillion dollars of value that can be captured through data and analytics deployed uh, more more broadly in government. And uh, Deloitte estimates that 1.2 billion hours of work can be saved by the federal government. So, you know, a trillion dollars, 1.2 billion hours, whether it's that or whether it's in our own organizations finding our own 20% improvement in efficiency of operations, whatever it is that we do, we have to just be tying back to our core mission. What are we trying to achieve? And then asking the question, how can we do it better? Yeah, I love that. Curiosity is so great. Asking questions, collaborating, bringing creativity, and um, you know, sparking innovation is definitely some of our strengths. And we just need to capitalize on that more and more so that we can have more women um, at the table, in the boardrooms, um, and in the technology, you know, um, industry. So great, great points of um, really looking at how we do things differently and what advantages the, that has 
in an organization. Um, so if, if you had to give some advice to a woman starting in the technology field today, um, what would you say? So I'm going to quote an old boss of mine who uh, passed away last year, unfortunately, uh, Ann Hopkins, who was a partner at Accenture. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm sorry, at Pricewaterhouse. Uh, wrong job. Uh, so Ann Hopkins said to me, there are five things you have to do on every project. Teach something. Learn something. Deliver a high-quality product that is perceived as a high-quality product. Make money and have fun. And I, I love think that's that. good advice. Isn't that great? Like I love that. Was, <laughs> I'm going to have to steal that from you. <laughs> that is yeah, great. Yeah. She was a really great boss, and she cared so deeply about her people. And, yeah, it was so sad that she passed away last year. Um, but her advice, her advice lives on, and I'm hoping through your podcast, even more people can benefit from her wonderful wisdom. Um, Could and, you and, repeat I mean, those I think that's again? Another thing is, so it's, okay, teach something, learn something. Deliver a high-quality product that is perceived as a high-quality product. Make money and have fun. Love it. Yeah. So we will definitely, um, that is something I would like to carry on myself. And through this podcast, hopefully we continue, um, you know, uh, remembering Ann Hopkins so that uh, we learn from that. I think that's, those are great, that's great advice. Um, right. I mean, back to the point about having courage and confidence. Ann Hopkins made partner at Price Waterhouse because the Supreme Court said so. She was mm -hmm. discriminated against, and she filed a lawsuit, and it went all the way to the Supreme Court. So that's a woman who had to have confidence to keep going against such great odds. Really? That and and because yeah. of her, we have more opportunities. Yes. So we have many, many reasons to be thankful to Anne. Yes. And I am so yes. grateful to have had the chance to work for her. That's that's awesome. Um, so in closing, um, what would what would be three words that your friends would use to describe you? Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> uh, I think my friends uh, would say, number one, good cook. That's two words, though, right? Uh, <laughs> so we'll say chef. chef. Okay, number one, yes. chef. Um, number two, they would probably say athlete. And number three, they would probably say loyal. That's great. They Those were probably are... looking for technology words. But no, 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 no. <laughs> three words that would describe you can be anything. And that, you know, really, truly uh, shows your authentic self. So that's that's awesome. Your Your career, your background... Your education has been just so impressive. And I thank you so much for taking this time to be on our show so that our listeners can can learn more about you and learn from you. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. This has been so much fun just getting to think, you know, uh, often we kind of get stuck in what's, what's today's deadline instead of thinking about important questions like the ones you've raised. So thank right. you. This was really fun. You're welcome. I'd love to have you on a show in the future. That'd be great. Thanks. Thanks again, Jane. Bye-bye. All right. Take good care. Bye.
Thank you for listening to Tech in the Right Direction. Please take a minute to subscribe or follow so that you never miss an episode. Also, don't forget to like, share, and comment. Thank you. See you next week. From IT skill enhancements to end user adoption training, Directions Training is your resource to help optimize the effectiveness of your technology investments. Over half a million students have taken advantage of our wide selection of technology and business training solutions covering the most popular applications today, such as Microsoft 365, Azure, Windows 10, and more. As a podcast listener, we invite you to take advantage of an exclusive offer. Receive 30 days of free access to our Microsoft official curriculum on-demand courses for IT professionals or end users. Visit us at www.directionstraining.com slash podcast to claim this offer today. Hurry, this offer is only available for a limited time. Success is a journey. Ask for directions.